The Corner Table is brought to you by the Cap Times Idea Fest. Two days of lively discussion on September 28th and 29th on the University of Wisconsin-Madison campus. You can find tickets at captimesideafest.com. It doesn't stop. We just had an inch yesterday. I think we had an inch before. We had an inch before that. This is the first sun I think I've seen other than in between a storm. Most of our fields are up above sort of where the farm is, the property. Everything flows downhill, um, but to a point here, so does the topsoil in a, you know, a three-inch rain, so we're losing some of that. Hello! Welcome to The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, produced by the Capital Times. It's been a very wet start to the harvest season here in south-central Wisconsin, which means more challenges for farmers like Andy Watson, founder of Sprouting Acres Farm in Cambridge. Watson runs a CSA on five acres, and the amount of rain this season has meant washed-out spinach right after they plant it, tomatoes with blight, and onion skins that don't dry out in the hoop house. I am your host, Captimes Food Order Lindsay Christians. This week on the podcast, I asked Andy to share a farmer's perspective of this rainy late summer, And we also talked about why CSA shares have been dropping in recent years, why that's not necessarily an entirely bad thing. Stay tuned. Thank you so much for coming in. Sure. Uh, And so first of all, Andy, introduce yourself um, and tell us a little bit about what you do. Andy Watson, Sprouting Acres Farm. Uh, we have a CSA. Been doing that for 15 years. Farmed a little bit before that. Uh, sold some basil way back in high school to Bobby Golden at Golden Produce. That was sort of my first uh, venture into farming. Got it, I believe, from my father, who's an ornamental horticulturalist and has a few patents on some shrubs that are all around. And we used to go around with him to the university and pick berries and take cuttings and had a vegetable garden, I think, our whole lives. So and still farm on their property today. Where is that property? Uh, Highway 73, about 20, 25 minutes southeast of Madison. The big question on my mind this week, these past few weeks, is how the rain is affecting harvest for farms. It's not good. It's uh, less affecting harvest than it is affecting being able to get out to control weeds, which I guess then in turn affects harvest. But we have not had the tractor in the field in probably close to a month, even to mow. So we, we would just get it stuck. So we're trying to do as much as we can by hand, but the rain has been so much that the weeds grow about 10 times as fast as the actual crops do, especially slow-growing things like carrots and uh, things like that. And then if we did have something in the ground, we had spinach planted on a dry you know, two- or three-day period, started to come up, uh, rained three inches the next day, washed it all out, replanted the next day because it was dry, two days later washed out, giving up on outdoor planting at this point in the season and even almost a month ago because we just could not put anything in the ground. You can't work the soil. When it's sopping wet, you can't walk in it without getting stuck. There's no way to rototill something that's been raining every almost every other day for, you know, a month straight. Are you having any issues with blight? Yes, we are about ready to rip out our tomatoes in our hoop house, not even the outside. The outside, for some reason, are doing better than the inside. The outside are not very good flavor because they've been saturated, but the inside... Uh, diseased from the bottom to the very top, about 10, 12 feet up, which is very rare at this time. We can usually get into October before before anything kind of happens to them disease-wise. And this year the blight was 
worse than ever, and it just totally moved up the plants. I think in the last two or three weeks here, they looked fine three, four weeks ago, and then just totally brown and crispy halfway up. We're just picking up probably our last week indoors. You said something about squash. Um, how are your squash? Yeah. Uh, we started pulling in winter squash last week because we noticed that a few vines were completely gone and ready to pull in. So like butternut squash, acorn squash? Where butternuts were leaving because we left anything that had nice green foliage. We left everything that could potentially ripen up a little bit more. Uh, delicata, acorn, spaghetti squash hmm. all started coming in. We're doing more today, uh, this morning. And then I think it was last Thursday, Friday, we pulled it in, left it in crates, um, assumed in the greenhouse it would be fine, came back this morning, and we pulled about, I don't know, about 30 or so out of a crate. Each crate had like six or eight that were just totally poofed and rotten. Really? You couldn't tell from picking them. They were nice and hard when you picked them. And just just from the water? I think just from water, either a little bad spot that was on it that we didn't notice as we, you know, unpacked them onto the tables, but we never spread them out, so we hadn't even noticed. And there's always some loss that you don't see when you harvest, but this year they seemed especially soft and mushy with all the rain. If you spread them out, does it mean that you would, that it would dry out a little bit or that you'd see it or what? Oh, uh, we, we would have seen some oh, of it. Okay. We would have seen some of it. So this morning it was just more of a shoot. We didn't catch this last week. It was, you know, I mean, it's, it, I'm glad we, are, we don't have huge... We don't harvest in huge pallet totes. We have just totes that we throw in the truck, drive them down, spread them out. But uh, had we harvested a bunch and left them in totes, we may not have seen it and had a few nasty ones in the, you know, two and a half, three feet down in a pallet tote that we, if we did it that way. But since we're doing it in small totes and unloading, we saw it fast, got it out of there. And so now they're in the greenhouse next to some onions drying, which is also funny because it's so humid that the onion peels are staying damp in the greenhouse with fans blowing on them too afraid to pack them up into boxes just because of that. Give me a sense of the scale of this. Are, are, are you one of like lots and lots of farms are being, that are being affected in this way, or, or is it where you are located? Um, it's a, a little bit of both. I think we're getting a lot of this rain. I know we are not anywhere near what they've gotten out west um, or even north. I have seen videos and heard posts from people on getting 13 inches of rain at a time or 12 inches or, or 10. I think our biggest this year might have been six or seven, but it's that it doesn't stop. We, we just had an inch yesterday. I think we had an inch before. We had an inch before that. This is the first sun I think I've seen other than in between a storm in a week or so. Um, we're getting it. We're never drying out. We haven't had any major flood flooding where most of our fields are up above sort of where the farm is, the property. Everything flows downhill, um, but to a point here, so does the topsoil in a, you know, a three-inch rain, so we're losing some of that. But also at this point, we haven't been able to get out and to till fields, so there are plenty of weeds holding the soil, which is good and bad because we can't get in to get stuff harvested. But I don't know, it's sort of a, we're still producing stuff. We still have hoop houses with stuff. We're filling the hoop houses now with as much as we possibly can that we know will, you know, we'll, size up before we go, you know, finish the season off in the second or third week of October. So you came from the culinary side, having worked yeah. at Harvest and Coco Lee Co. Yeah. Um, you've worked at Papavro. What attracted you to farming? Why did you decide you wanted to go full-time into farming? Um, I had been, so I started in restaurants when I was actually younger than that. It was 14 at the clay market in Cambridge, washing dishes. So I was there from 14 till whatever the last break would have been in college, so probably sophomore year. 
by 94, I was prepping and working on the line and then started working brunch shifts every weekend, started baking on the weekends, getting up at four and driving in from our house and baking. So the people who were bakers at that point lived in Madison and it was easier for me to get there to bake in the morning. And my dad sort of steered me towards food and went to UW Stout for the food systems program. So after working at a couple places up there, I worked in St. Paul, um, Minneapolis area, and I worked in Downsville at the Creamery. Came back, graduated, uh, came back to Madison when they moved Clay Market to Madison and started working there again. That closed soon after. I felt like I had a curse following me. Went from there to Opera House. <laughs> Opera oh, House no. closed a year or so later. Uh, fortunately, I scored a job at Harvest before Opera House closed. And so I was there. Broke for, the curse. Yes. I was there for almost four years. Yeah. And that place is still open. So I did not, I did not continue the curse at Harvest. Um, so I think when I was at Opera House, I started growing stuff again, just on the side, no farm name, no business, anything, just doing summertime, bring it in, will you buy it? Yes, usually green, something like that. And then it started from there, went over to Harvest, and um, they started just purchasing whatever I had, because I could just bring it into work when I came in. And that's sort of that's sort of where it skyrocketed, and I realized this is what I wanted to do. Since we had the land, my parents were just fine with me using it. Um, we had irrigation supplies. We had it was sort of an easier startup for me than than doing anything else. So, the corner table is sponsored by the Cap Times Idea Fest, an event with an exciting lineup of guests, including David Axelrod. The fest is in Madison on September 28th and 29th. You can find tickets at captimesideafest.com. I think about the similarities between having a restaurant job where it is pretty high intensity if you're working the line and it's a lot of work and you're on your feet mm -hmm. and it's usually just a ton of hours that you're working every week and you go from that into farming where the variables are different right yeah, that's about like, it. <laughs> but I can't think of how the work ethic would be any different no and my wife my wife wonders why I switch she said it's you're just as you're just as crabby outside when it's 95 degrees out than you were when you came home and it was 100 degrees in the corner at harvest that's exactly what yeah, I'm thinking you're of yeah. sweating and anything's different your hands are cleaner when you came home from harvest because you weren't digging in the dirt all day and there were plenty sanitized but um yeah there are a lot of similarities there are, um the biggest for me the biggest difference was that I didn't have a boss anymore I have not had any problems with any bosses. I've never burned any bridges when I left anywhere, but I I really liked being able to 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 do my own thing, to decide when I was going to do that. If I had to get up and go do something, I didn't have to call in and say I'm not going to make it, which I don't think I did very often at Harvest. So it was it was nice uh, being able to 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 do that, be my own boss. Has that experience working in kitchens helped you be a better salesman for the products you end up producing? For me, the number one thing I believe that I, I sort of brought to the table when I started the CSA was I had worked in high-quality restaurants, um, and I we purchased uh, high-quality produce from all these, these vendors that I know now and who are in their CSA coalition now. Um, and so I knew what places wanted. And so it wasn't that I had to sell it. All I had to really do was bring in and say, here's, you know, here's what I've got this week or, you know, call them up. Here's what I'm going to have next week. This is what we're growing. Do you want some? And they knew that it was a good, it was a good quality product. I never really would bring anything in that was 
days old that you had to move unless somebody said, do you have any second tomatoes you can get rid of? Things like that. We, we had top-notch quality, and I think we still do today, really trying to make sure that things going in CSA and things going into, bo- or into restaurants um, are, are top quality. You mentioned CSA, and I've been hearing a little bit about the reduction in number of CSAs, and I've, I've seen some farms that aren't doing it anymore that mm-hmm. used to, and you know maybe enrollment has started to either you know sort of plateau or go down a bit, and I wonder if you have any insight into why that might be happening. We talk about it every year at our fair share meeting, sort of our when we all get together and chat for a few hours. Um, probably for the last five years at least, it's come up. We've come up with a, a number of reasons. There are more farmers markets, which is great for farmers, great for consumers, but it also means that you can go to one every day. So, you know, if you wanted something that day and you want to pick it, um, choice of a CSA, unless you've now switched to a choice CSA where you get to choose what goes in each box, which and is becoming, more of that. Yeah. becoming very popular. It's and like it's market great, shopping. Yep, it's a great idea and still gets sort of delivered to where you are. All the fresh, I can't even name them all, all the blue aprons, all the oh, yeah, Hello like Fresh. Plated Hello yep, Fresh. Yep, I mean, there's got to be half Blue dozen. apron. Yep, also a great business model. They're doing well, but they they started taking away from somebody huh, getting oh, fresh yeah. a fresh box delivered. It's the same idea. They're just including, which we already you know include recipes and ideas. They're including a recipe, the exact amount of ingredients. You're basically buying a meal or two at a time for quite a bit of money compared to getting a box of produce. Um, but I think people like, some people like that. I know people that have gotten it and they thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and I think it still goes back to that sort of, that, that choice. You can also get really good local and regional organic food um, and just local at grocery stores, co-ops. There's a lot more choices these days on top of there are a lot more CSAs, a lot more farms. It's becoming quite um, popular to know. I mean, everyone knows somebody who's got a farm. Um, and I'm getting to that point where I just turned 40 this year, and I feel like there's a, a, a whole crowd under 20, you know, six years old who are starting farms. And I was there at one point, um, but I feel like I'm in this middle of the road. I'm not the average age quite yet, but I'm sort of middle and trying to decide what to do uh, with our farm and if, if we need to change to diversify a little bit. So yeah, that's sort of where we're, we're at this point in our lives. I have a wonderful farm that I've sort of been CSA hopping for the past couple of years. And one thing I noticed recently was there were a couple of maybe one or two things in our box this week and last week that weren't grown mm-hmm. on our farm, either because it didn't work out like sure. they planted it and it didn't work, and so they ended up ha- having to buy whatever from a- another farm, mm-hmm. or because maybe they just don't grow corn right. and yep, this yep. other place does. Is that common? Do a lot of CSAs do that kind of thing? I think it depends on the size. Uh, we are a pretty small CSA. Um, I'm thinking still one of the smallest in the area. We're, two, we're barely at five acres at this point. Um, so somebody that has quite a bit more acreage can do things that take up more space. Um, Potatoes, corn, uh, things like that, that really take uh, some specialty equipment, which we also do not have. So we are one of those places that we just last week, two weeks ago, bought in sweet corn from a a local organic farm that we buy from each year. Um, And then we'll get some potatoes later in the fall as well. This year, we 
did not have to buy beans because our beans did well. Um, we were able to get to them before all the rain started. Um, but that is a common practice. This year I could see it happening more uh, than other years because of the rain and because things are just rotting in the field. Things are Disease is rampant right now. Uh, I talked to somebody the other day said the beet leaves are just um, rotting right off the plants because it's so wet. They're just catching things right from the soil. Boom, they're done. Nothing to you know make energy for that beet to grow. So there's nothing to save. It's just gone. So what's it a good year for? <laughs> Having a lot of hoop houses or greenhouses. <laughs> Wild rice. I don't know anything that uh, loves water. Mint. Uh, yeah, mint's always. Yeah, mint never dies. Um. I don't know. I can't for, think of anything else that loves for water. For us, you know, our outdoor peppers, for some reason, um, eggplants are getting chewed up by a couple things. By, yeah, like, the, oh, bugs and yeah, stuff? Flea, yeah, flea beetles. Uh, we've had some deer issues this year, but that's fairly recent for us. We haven't had too many issues. Um, sweet peppers this year for us and hot peppers, which never really have a bad year. Uh, but even with all the rain, uh, the sweet peppers are doing wonderful we're just starting to get like crazy sweet pepper harvest right now uh, less disease this year which i cannot figure out with it being so wet it would just think they'd be dropping leaves like crazy but so i haven't figured out why but onions were not that great it was so wet around harvest time that a lot got wet and we're finding some rot in the onions um, garlic was fine but we got that out in time um, but yeah not a ton of good <laughs> harvest this year so hopefully fall will be long and prosperous we'll see What's the most recent project? The most recent project is a, we put up a pole shed um, in October last year, the week the CSA ended. Uh, and then I have been building it out inside ever since, still have two doors of trim to deal with. Um, we put in a commercial kitchen, um, a couple of bathrooms, and a sort of front seating area for special dinners, for pizza nights, which we haven't even finished building our pizza oven because of the, the uh, weather, um, but that's on schedule for this Friday to build the dome. And classes of all sorts. Um, we're getting to the point where we can start getting people in there. We're hoping to have an event in October still with pizza. We'll see how, how the weather pans out. And then by next April, um, everything should be up, running, and processing as well from the farm so we won't have too much to process in April but we'll be have the capabilities come tomato season next spring and pretty much anything else we want to put in into containers jars wherever we can we will be able to do as much as we can tomato sauce hot sauce yes. pickled things yep 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 and I've been toying with those recipes for years just on the side and finding things that we like and we're we're playing with things now we don't have the best harvest this fall to do a lot of stuff, but we're doing some stuff now just to trial it out. So, Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, sure. This is great. And uh, any other thoughts for folks going forward? <sighs> Buy as much as you can local this year. The farmers desperately need the extra money this year with the floods and with all this extra rain and with more rain to come. It sounds like we have another week of solid rain um, coming. So try to help everybody out. Sounds good. Thank you so yeah, much for coming you. in. Thanks for having me. This has been The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, produced by the Capital Times. Our music was composed by Patrick Christians. 
Sprouting Acres is online at SproutingAcres.com, at the Tuesday evening Farmer's Market on the east side, and the Dane County Farmer's Market on Saturday mornings. Find more food and drink news at captimes.com, and check out Steve Elbow's cover story this week about how the recent rain has renewed a debate about the levels of Madison's lakes. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and lots of other places. I am your host, Cap Times food writer Lindsay Christians. My wish for you this week is gazpacho, that classic Spanish tomato and bread soup. Cheers! The Corner Table has been brought to you by the Cap Times Idea Fest. Two days of lively discussion on September 28th and 29th on the University of Wisconsin-Madison campus. You can find tickets at captimesideafest.com.